Welcome back to Alien Minute. Alien Minute is a daily podcast where we break down the movie Aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And again, we are here filling in for John this week. He was nice enough to let us come on and talk about a film and franchise we are very passionate about. Brady, are you are you ready to get into minute number 69? Let's go. The minute begins with the APC coming to a grinding halt and ends with Ripley informing the Marines that any rescue attempt would be useless as any survivors would have been cocooned by this point. One of the cool things about this minute is we just got out of the big action sequence in the film where the Marines go to the hive to check on the uh, personal data transmitters that the uh, colonists have installed inside of them. And we have, of course, you know, the, the all the tension leading up to that, the first encounter with the Xenomorphs and just that amazing action sequence. And now it's pretty much over. We kind of have the cool down session. This is the moment where the audience gets to breathe again as they're watching the movie. And I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great counterpoint to what has been up until this point, uh, 67 straight minutes of nail biting, either build up or action in the film. So this, yeah. I think is almost really the first time in the entire movie that you kind of really get to breathe, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because we're brought into that moment by literally one of our characters saying like, cool down, just calm yeah. down, whatever it is he's saying, <laughs> ease down or something. And, uh, yeah, no, we, we really do get quite a quite a moment to breathe here and some development for Hicks over the next couple of minutes, who we haven't really... You know, this has been this mysterious character. We're told, keep an eye on this guy. You know, something's going to mm-hmm. come of this. And uh, the next couple of minutes is kind of where we find out, you know, what Corporal Hicks is all about. We've seen a few mo- moments in this film where he does kind of show some moments of leadership. And I think that there's a nice kind of juxtaposition in the way that he acts during a tense situation and how Ripley acts during a tense situation. They both, to a degree, keep their cool. I think Ripley is much more of a person of action. You know, when it's going down, Ripley is going to be the one that's going to fight her way out of it and and try to save people. I think Hicks... Uh, as we saw in the hive, is definitely more of a calculated retreat type guy. Kind of, you know, who can we save? How can we get out of here the safest way possible? And he definitely, like you were saying, helps Ripley ease off the controls. He's helping keep everything from going even further into chaos in that APC. And yeah, she is just like we talked about yesterday in that moment where she's kind of zoned out and almost in just like, you know, they say that's a flight or fight. You know, like whenever you yeah. get into a bad situation is you either, uh, you know, put up your fists and start to fight or you run for self-preservation. And I think Ripley has been through fight at this point and flight to a degree. And now it's just kind of like, you know, she's on almost uh, uh, just just another plane as far as she is, uh, you know, kind of like coming down off of everything. But uh, but I, I love that, you know, he kind of helps her. They slow it down. The APC is really not moving anymore. They can't take it any further. And then, you know, he goes off to check on Gorman, I believe, and Ripley turns around and just kind of, the first thing she does is she goes straight to Newt to see if Newt is okay. And Newt gives us that great, you know, that Carrie Hen, <laughs> yeah. you know, just complete, you know, just a physical performance of that, just giving a thumbs up. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, cool that here. Okay. So really uh, my notes on this, this minute are pretty limited, but, um, we get Ripley talking about how it's too late. They're cocooned, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that, yes, we already saw someone, you know, a character who had been cocooned. Uh, so it's like, she would have known that that is possible or capable of being, you know, something that the alien could do, but Mm -hmm there is a deleted scene from aliens where she sees that being cocooned is actually part of the xenomorphs, uh, process. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen it. It's, uh, where she stumbles upon it's, it's towards the end of the film when she's trying to make her way to the narcissus and she finds, oh, so you mean alien alien. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
whenever she finds Dallas and what is left of Brett cocooned. And uh, so I don't know. It's interesting that had that scene been left in, it would have given Ripley a little bit more. I don't know. It's like, okay, she, she is already fully aware of the process that these things go through in order to procreate and cocooning someone is part of it. But uh, yeah. so whenever I was watching it, yeah, I was like, oh, that's where, that's where that's coming from. And I'm like, no, idiot. The scene was deleted and she already saw it in this film. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. The same thing when I saw this is, you know, from that deleted scene, I was like, well, where's the meta knowledge? Because, you know, going into to this movie, audiences hadn't really seen that life cycle. You know, that's something that James Cameron came in and kind of worked, you know, with his team to, to get that idea down for the queen and the eggs. And it just kind of speaks to Jim Cameron's kind of like. Uh, logic as far as like storytelling goes he's a very logical guy like one thing has to lead to the other so that whole you know introduction of the person being cocooned on the wall and the chest burster and that's how they procreate Um, but yeah Ripley would have seen it earlier in the film when uh, they come across it in the hive and have to torch that little chest burster but it's funny that you mentioned the deleted scene from Alien where she runs across Dallas because in this film uh, there actually was another deleted scene where she runs across Burke at the end where she goes to find Newt and he's asking her for help and she says, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. And she hands him a grenade. And she's like, you know, here, you can you know, do with this what you will. And then walks away. And uh, I haven't actually seen the scene. I think it was actually just uncovered recently. It, it, it isn't included on any Blu-ray or anything that I'm aware of. But I know you can find it on YouTube, like a really bad version of it. And from what I've heard, it's it's just the, the tone of it is off. It's it's not very, you know, uh, like it's more comical, I think. I yeah. Heard. And I'm taking that second hand. I haven't seen it. So it's funny that we have a cocoon scene of somebody that Ripley comes across in the first movie that's deleted. And then they try it again in the second film and they delete it as well because it just doesn't work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was a, another thought that I had while I was watching it as well, you know, because uh, uh, Vasquez wants to go back and get Dietrich and Apone because Hudson sees that their life signs are still, uh, you know, going inside the APC. He can see that they're still alive. He says they're, they're, you know, low or they're down, but they're still alive. And Vasquez says, well, we got to go back and get them. I was curious about that because you've seen the Ridley Scott film Black Hawk Down, correct? I have, yeah. Well, the infantry in that, the rangers in that have kind of a philosophy of no man left behind, and they're famous for even if a comrade of theirs is is taken down in action, that they will go back and retrieve the body, because when they leave, dead or alive, everybody goes home, uh, you know, alive or in a body bag. So that was, you know, one of the things in that film uh, that I thought was pretty fantastic. But uh, I was curious about that philosophy, like where that came from. Is that something that the Marines do as well, because it's, you know, the rangers in, in Black Hawk down. Uh, well, I looked into it a little bit, and apparently, the "no man left behind" philosophy uh, is a is not really a strict military doctrine. It's kind of a personal philosophy that soldiers have with each other, and it kind of helps create a brotherhood or a sisterhood amongst uh, warriors. You know, like kind of I'm going to watch out for you, you watch out for me. We're not leaving anybody behind. But it's also kind of a uh, it's really just with the soldiers because as we know during Vietnam there were a lot of prisoners of war missing in action soldiers who were just you know you see flags all over the place you know people who you know fly the MIA POW flag for you know fallen uh, comrades in in arms Uh, but apparently the ethos of that started in the French and Indian War in the United States Uh, there was a group of soldiers called Rogers Rangers and this is like pre-military these are you know during uh, America's independence or after you know the fight for excuse me the fight for independence Uh, Rogers Rangers came up with the idea that no fellow soldier 
would be left behind. And it actually is an idea that predates the modern American military or the American military as we know it. Uh, in Hawaii, there's actually a unit called the Joint POWMIA Accounting Command, and they have a budget of $55 million a year dedicated to finding the remains of soldiers who have died in wars that have already ended. So these guys actually have a budget to try to uh, you know, find the remains of soldiers who might have died in the Middle East or, you know, other military action, Korea or whatever, and do what they can to give those soldiers a final burial. So I think that's pretty cool. But in this movie, uh, it seems that the Colonial Marines have that same philosophy of no man left behind. And I guess it's a question I have for you. Do you think it would have been worth it for them to stick to that personal philosophy and go back in and try to rescue Dietrich and Apone? Well, first off, it's impossible. You know, none of us have ever been in that situation. Uh, mm -hmm. But, okay, in that sort of military situation, much less when it's going up against aliens. But um, they have seen that that would have been certain death, I think. So for Vasquez yeah. to continue to want to, you know, go through with that uh, says a lot about her character, for sure. But um, no, man, I think you... You know, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be any question as to whether or not these people are still alive, mm -hmm. you know, or if 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 there's like any hope for them. Uh, and of course, yeah. as we see in the deleted scene, you said where Ripley is basically telling Burke, like, listen, it's over for you, man. Like, there's literally nothing I could do to help you. Uh, I think that's something that should be pretty evident to these people at this point. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I, I believe that that's what you should do is go back for your buddies if they're fallen. But um in this case, you know, damn. Yeah, it's it's there's, a little, little bit different, gone. I guess, when you're fighting xenomorphs as if to, if you're fighting Mujahideen soldiers, you know, or, you know, <laughs> you're in Fallujah or something like that where you can go in and actually retrieve a, a fallen comrade. And this, I think that idea that they can't go back in and they can't save Apone or Dietrich is supposed to, you know, we see Vasquez really kind of torn up about this. I think she's walking around the APC. Uh, in the next minute, she immediately wants to go to nerve gas, you know, chemical warfare to destroy yeah. everything. She's got a scorched earth policy. Now they've killed her best friend, Drake, you know, her uh, sergeant is in there and she can't go get him. So she's like, well, then everything's going to die. I'm going to, you know, assaulted earth policy, <laughs> scorched earth policy with the xenomorph. But I think that that line about her wanting to go back in and get the other Marines, you know, she has no question about it. That's what you do in the situation uh, kind of speaks to the schism between the military action aspect of this movie and the feral survival situation uh, that we have in Aliens. And I think it's it's a little line that it just it, you can, it can go in one ear and out the other and you don't think about it a lot, but they've had to break like military protocol here. In fact, these next few minutes are all about breaking protocol. You know, uh, what what they can do to, to end this situation just because they have got to get out of here now. It's become that much of a survival situation that they've got to break, you know, all of their protocol, you know, like nuke the site from orbit as we're going to talk about in a couple minutes is the immediate thing that they go to to try to get out of this so yeah it's uh that line about going back in and getting the sarge just it, it kind of stuck to me a little bit and i thought that there was a little bit more going on there than i had ever given it credit for and uh yeah it's pretty cool so um but that's kind of all that i've got here for minute number 69 do you have anything else that is it for me Okay, very cool, very cool. Well, uh, again, we want to thank John for letting us come on and talk about Aliens. Uh, if you guys are a fan of this podcast and what Alien Minute has done, please check it out on iTunes and leave a five-star review, wink, wink, if you can, uh, if you love it. And definitely we want to thank... Uh, Alex and Pete from over at Star Wars Minute for inventing this format and letting us use it. Uh, it's really, Aliens is a, is a great film to break down in a minute-by-minute -minute format and talk about it like this. And of course, if you like Alien Minute, uh, there is a virtual chip jar, tip jar, 
Let me try that again. <laughs> a virtual tip jar over at alienminute.com. If you love the show, check that out and uh, leave whatever you feel the show's worth. And if you like what Brady and I have done here, you can check out some of our Movies by Minute podcasts. We have done Ghostbusters Minute, Jurassic Park Minute, and Goonies Minute. Those are all available wherever fine podcasts are. You can go check those out. Uh, and then we also have a sports show that drops every Monday called Undrafted. So if you're into sports, check that out. All right, Brady, you ready to go ahead and get out of here? Let's go. All right, folks, we will see you again tomorrow for minute number 70.